Gorilla Healer presents Farms Not Farms podcast, season two, sponsored by buildthesoil.com. So, welcome to the Farms Not Farms podcast. I'm here today with a very special guest from an international perspective. And uh, if you'd be so kind to introduce yourself, tell us where you're at, what you're doing, and what you got going on, and then we'll start. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for the invitation. My name is Lorena Beltran. I'm the founder and director of Cannabis Salud, the first international cannabis summit to take place in Mexico since 2017. I'm also co-founder of Endo Natura Labs. The, it's a company that focuses on medical cannabis. Um, everything around uh, what's legal in Mexico. And I'm also co-founder of the nonprofit association Alcan, which is the Latin American Cannabis Alliance. And what we do through Alcan is we promote uh, education, not only for the public in general, but mainly for legislators. So we do uh, very strategic lobbying uh, in the Congress in order to make sure that the laws and regulations include everybody in Mexico and try to make the best out of them. So you've had the um, fortune of, or what some may or may not call good fortune, of seeing what other places have done with legalization and then bringing what you're learning and applying the best of what you can there in Mexico. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, definitely. Thanks to Cannabis Salud, um, this summit that takes place every year here in Mexico, uh, that conference summit has put me on the international map. Uh, and that also allowed me to travel all around the world to the main cannabis conferences. And yeah, just as you mentioned, being able to learn and understand laws and regulations in other countries to connect with lawyers, with consultants, uh, with doctors, with amazing people around the world and bringing that experience and that knowledge to Mexico. I also lived in Colorado for many years. I've been going back and forth my whole life uh, between Mexico and Colorado. So I was in the right moment, you know, when Colorado legalized the recreational market. And for me, it was very important to be there because that's when I started uh, my career in this industry in 2014. And I always say that uh, having my first job in the company Charlotte's Web Hemp was the best education, the best school, uh, cannabis university I could ever had and asked for, you know. And when did you start working with them? That was my first job in 2014. Um, I moved to Colorado again in 2013 and 2014. When I saw the whole movement, I decided to work for the cannabis industry. I didn't know with who or what to do. It was so new to me. I graduated um, from filmmaking acting and communications um, in New Mexico State University. So I never thought that something like the cannabis industry exists. So uh, when I started learning everything about it, 
I decided to work for the best company in that time. So I did my Google search and first it was Charlotte's Web. I saw the documentary on CNN with Dr. Sanjay Gupta and the little girl Charlotte and the Stanley brothers. And I just fell in love with the story and everything that they were doing. So I was like super focused about it because I wanted it to manifest, you know, I wanted to work for them. So I applied for a job that, I mean, they didn't have any openings. I just applied for a job and it took me five months to get a job in with Charlotte's Web because I was just very, um, I was insisting like every day and I got the job and I actually started the sales team for this company. They didn't even have a, a sales team back in the day because there was so much demand for their products online and people just walking at the door in the office and we didn't have enough products to sell at stores or dispensaries until I showed up and they um, grew their production. And then we had enough product to start sales team, start selling in, in other venues, right? So it was very interesting, you know, the first Mexican to work there and to start the sales team I didn't even know what the cannabinoid system was um, so I was just you know learning day by day but it was a great experience and and after Charlotte's Web uh, and after I learned everything about CBD the industrial hemp industry to have a vertically integrated company I moved to another company in the recreational market I just wanted to learn everything about the industry not only CBD right so I started working for Concentrate USA, a company that hired me to help and expand in Latin America. So that's when Colombia started talking about legalization. So this company was like, well, you know, let's go to Latin America, Where, what can we do? So I took him to Colombia and we started exploring and uh, we found out that they were gonna start giving licenses. So I was able to help them get licenses for cultivation, extraction, everything. And um, I was with them for a couple of years too. I was just like jumping, you know, every, every two years in a different company to learn different things. And I think my main drive was, um, I always had in my mind that we needed to legalize this plant in Mexico, that I needed to learn as much as I could to come back to my country and make sure I was part of pushing legalization in, in Mexico. And that's pretty much what I've been doing since I moved to Mexico City. It's gonna be almost three years now, um, but going back and forth between Colorado and Mexico City since 2015. So it's been a long, long journey and we have a lot to go still. But it's been a great adventure for sure. I we just I, I just need to see the legalization in Mexico, uh, mainly for justice reasons. Um, that was my my first drive when I saw everything happening because I'm from Chihuahua and I lived in the border for many years since Ciudad Juarez, and I saw the drug uh, the war on drugs like in front of me. And I was working uh, for Univision, so I was a news anchor and news reporter. So I was, you know, covering all of that during those years of terrible violence in my country, and um, mainly because of the war on drugs and marijuana was included. So when I moved to Colorado, nothing made sense to me. I was like, these gringos prohibited 
marijuana to the world and now they're legalizing making money not getting people out of prison and doing a lot of crazy things that don't seem right but at the same time it's a great step to start legalizing drugs so that was the first thing that got me into the industry and you've made a lot of headway or, or, or mexico has made a lot of headway since you've moved there um and since i've been paying attention so you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So when Mexico started talking about legalizing it was in 2016 with our previous president, Peña Nieto. And it was until June of 2017 when they passed the first law for medical cannabis. And in 2018, that's when the regulation of that law was published, but it was published for only five months because then we had a new president coming in and this new president just erased that regulation and said that they were gonna build their own because they were thinking there was some corruption from the last government. You know, they were the, that was the excuse and the arguments for everything that they uh, were trying to change. So they finally published the regulation of the 2017 law this January of 2021. So for medical cannabis, we are ready to go. We can um, cultivate for research purposes and to make medical products. We can also import and export, but for us, medical cannabis is different than from you guys in the United States or Canada. We do have a federal regulation and we do have to follow the regulation for it's like any other medical product, not because it's cannabis, we treat it differently. It's considered a, a pharmaceutical product or a herbal medicine product. Both of them need, need clinical trials. So that's why even though we have a regulation in place, we don't see dispensaries with medical products. We still need to wait for pharma to have their clinical trials ready um, and be able to sell products in pharmacies with a prescription. Otherwise, um, you have to go through court if you want to have a supplement, herbal remedy, or an OTC product in general, over-the-counter products with less than 1% THC, because that's our rule. Less than 1% THC is considered hemp, but still, it's not that open. You know, it's difficult to have OTC products right now in Mexico. You need to go through a legal way you know the court and a litigation process and all these things so it's complicated but then we also have um we have a, a new law that allow us to grow our plants for personal use um consumption and possession of marijuana it's now legal for adults in mexico and this just happened this year as well so 2021 has been a great year for Mexico with the regulation on medical cannabis, even though it's a little restrictive. We have the opportunity to grow plants at home now. Um, How many plants are you allowed legalizing to grow? the market, the recreational? I'm sorry? How many plants are you allowed to grow and how much are you allowed to possess? So since the Supreme Court is the one that declare unconstitutional that we are not, we're not allowed to have our plants at home, 
The only thing they did, they erased some articles from our constitution. So now it just became legal to possess and grow plants. However, they do not regulate um, the laws. So they just publish laws or change laws, but the regulation has to come from the health ministry and COFEPRIS, which is our Mexican FDA, and they haven't published that regulation. So right now, there's no plant limit. So whoever gets the permits to grow, as long as the police um, cannot prove that you're selling the product, that it's actually for personal consumption, you're okay. But what's gonna happen too is that the cultivation um, associations are gonna start popping up. That's gonna turn into cannabis clubs. So Mexico is gonna become like Barcelona if our government doesn't hurry up and regulates the amount of plants that you can have at home and also regulate the market. And that's happening, you know, it's gonna happen very soon just because uh, this discussion of this proposed bill to regulate the market um, has been uh, um, has been happening for the last two three years, and they need to retake this conversation in this next session, which which is between September and November. So uh, the Senate already approved this proposed law to regulate the recreational market. We just need to hear from the deputies and from the president, and hopefully we have a law if not at the end of this year, the beginning of next year, but after the law, we need to build the regulations. So we're thinking about two years to have a law on a regulation on the recreational market. So currently in terms of at home growth for personal use, you're saying there's no limit on how much you're allowed to grow as long as they can't prove that you're not selling it? Correct. Wow, that's amazing. And, and, and in terms of the less than 1% THC content that deems it hemp in Mexico, which is great, compared to we have 0.3% in, in America and even 0.2% in Europe, I think they're doing. Um, so 1% is, is, is great. It allows for a lot more healing to take place, in my opinion. In that way, what's the legality around hemp products? Because I've seen hemp-based products in pharmacies in Mexico. So can you tell me about that? Well, uh, it's important to know that, I mean, Mexico and American countries, many countries, are super corrupt. Uh, Mexico has that issue and it's very evident, at least some countries try to hide it, but Mexico is super evident, the corruption that we have, the violence around so many things. And um, this is another problem with cannabis since it's so new. Um, even in Cofepris, our Mexican FDA, you see a lot of corruption in there. So that's what's happening. People that are selling products saying that our OTC products with less than 1% THC either did the right way, which is um, taking uh, a priest to court and fighting in court, making sure they get their permits and they're able to do marketing and publicity, no problem because they already won and they're like super legitimate with everything they have, or they paid somebody in priest to get the permits. Uh, but the companies that are doing this and are already selling at points of sale, pharmacy to store or any type of store uh, that will allow hemp products, uh, it's because you know they have a fake license or they paid to get something. But so you're not saying it's not, hemp-based hemp products are not for 
fit for commerce yet illegally? No, they're not. That's why I'm telling you the medical cannabis regulation is super strict. It only allows us to have her, uh, herbal medicine and pharmaceuticals. Um, but hemp based or not? Medics, I'm sorry? Even if it's hemp based? Even if it's hemp based because they did a regulation for medical products, not over the counter products. And the thing is that in the discussion to regulate the recreational market, that same proposed bill has, um, they included industrial hemp, not on the medical regulation, but on this proposed bill, they mixed one law for recreational and industrial hemp, which is totally stupid and ridiculous. So now that we're tr what we're trying to do is to separate these uh, two things into two laws because medical cannabis has its own law. Recreational needs to have its own law, just as industrial hemp. So now that they're in the same package, we see a big problem because recreational is just gonna take longer for many reasons. And they're just pulling industrial hemp into the same uh, box with which that it's just stopping us to, to um, have industrial hemp uh, free to grow and have these OTC products from hemp ready to go, right? So there, this next session between September and November, we're fighting to separate industrial hemp law. We think we're gonna be very successful in that because we have a lot of legislators also arguing that that should be on its own law. And, and it's probably gonna happen. Why did it happen before? Because of ignorance. It's been so hard to get them to understand the difference between cannabis and hemp, you know, marijuana and hemp. So what's your next, uh, what's, what, what do you got going on now? You have another conference you're building or what, what, do, you, what do you got going? Yes, so last year we weren't able to have Cannabis Salud in person and we decided not to do it online because I don't, I don't really believe in having conferences like that, maybe webinars or you know things like that. But um, the type of event that I do, the in-person networking, socializing, it's super important. So this year we're doing the first version of Cannabis Salud where we're gonna focus just on business and investment. We usually focus on medical, um, regulations, business, but everything around medical cannabis. This year, we're opening the discussion for business and investment opportunities, just because Mexico, it's already, you know, um, regulated in some areas. And now that we have the right to grow our plants, of course, there's so much interest from many companies around the world, and they're ready to come to expand their business to start um, creating commercial alliances and all these things. So uh, being a consultant, I see the need of many companies to have an event like this. So Cannabis Salud Business and Investment Summit is taking place in Cancun, also for the first time going to a very touristic place. And it's from November 18th to the 20th of November. Um, so, uh, we'll, we're going to release all the information, uh, social media. We're already having a lot of information there, which is Cannabis Salud MX. 
but website and ticket sales um, start on this Monday, this coming Monday with all the information. We already have our schedule ready, sponsorships, everything ready to go. And I'm super excited to present a lot of speakers from all over the world that I call all of them keynote speakers because definitely the level of experience knowledge and consciousness that they have it's at another level um what i love about producing this event is that i choose who comes to speak and i make sure i have people that are that are speaking consciously about the the, the cannabis industry and not just about money 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 you know because it's definitely an opportunity to create a social impact, an environmental impact, and of course, an economic impact in our countries through this industry. And um, one of the main messages that we're gonna try to get across during this event is the importance of aligning your cannabis company with the sustainable development goals of 2030. Why? Because the United Nations, it's already pointing at the cannabis industry as a great example of an industry that can definitely accomplish these goals. So we want to make sure people are aware of that and align them, you know. So tell me what kind of uh, what kind of dynamics are you bringing in terms of a holistic approach to the cannabis industry that you're excited about? The holistic approach. You know, in terms of you say not just business minded for your for your conference, but other other areas of, of focus. So what? what yeah. Are you- yeah, definitely. People need to understand how to separate the hype from the science, from nature, from what's holistic, what's pharmaceutical. To understand that there are so many possibilities that we don't have to do it just one way especially in Mexico, because we have so much knowledge in herbal remedies, in herbal um, products, you know, for so many years, ancestral knowledge, why regulations are trying to direct us only to pharmaceuticals. We're definitely going to talk about all these subjects. We have experts, you know, that are uh, patients with herbal remedies including cannabis and uh, even though this is not a conference when we're going to be showing data about patient uh, impact patient relief but definitely um, how many of these companies that are not pharmaceuticals that are holistic are also thriving and are doing great because we have this mindset of believing that to have a a a corporate, you know, that you need to be vertically integrated, that you need to do it a certain way, that you cannot have a social impact and environmental impact if you wanna make money and you wanna become a corporate, that's false. That's completely false. And the intention is to have uh, people talking about their experiences. And we have companies like Curaleaf, for example, which is a huge corporate, that's already a public traded company but has an amazing program on social equity, on environmental impact, you know, and at the same time, they're creating a circular economy, not only for the company, for for all the people involved. So this is possible. 
And we need to change that, those ideas. And uh, how do we change it with examples, with uh, evidence, with uh, people talking about exactly what has happened with their, their companies and their businesses. So that's, that's the main objective. We have two days of conferences and net, uh, networking cocktails. And the third day we have a kind of pitch, um, kind of business pitch event uh, where six Mexican projects are gonna be pitching their ideas and their business plan to investors, uh, national and international funds that will be helping them um, to, to expand or start their business. But it, this Wait. is just for Mexican projects. We wanna make sure that those ideas get across and they get the investment they need because they have amazing, amazing projects, you know, and it's people that cannot connect or it's difficult for them to connect with the money that they need. So this is what we're doing on the third day and we're having a closing party at the beach, of course. We need to have fun too. Uh, I love it. I love everything about what you just said in terms of, you know, changing the paradigm and, and being the change we want to see. We actually, we actually have to have an example and being humans, we tend to mimic what we learn and we want to optimize, um, put, make it our own way. And so to know that, you know, that th there are a lot of companies out here who are a slave to the dollar. And when a lot of people get into this industry with high hopes and, um, you know, all of a sudden we're creating a ridiculous amount of trash. We're using a ridiculous amount of plastic. We're using a ridiculous amount of bottled nutrients. We're doing all these things that ultimately are just really catalyzing the sicknesses in our world when we can be growing healthy plants, high bricks plants, nutrient-dense plants in a sustainably organic uh, environment, sustainable agriculture. We can actually benefit the land that we're growing with, or you know, we can we can we can utilize ancestral wisdom and apply it today and we can really win and so much of our world is, is using um tactics that are hurting us and hurting the land and hurting our water and that's unsustainable for life in general and so thank you i'm, I'm really pleased to know that your that your focus is is what you just you know is 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 um, a circular dynamic so to speak and um that that's really wonderful and what 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 about um, consumption? Is there are there uh, any plans laid out for clubs or places where people can consume in Mexico? Because currently in Colorado, everything's been legal for so long, but there's no place they're allowed to actually smoke unless you're in your house. So can you talk about that? Yeah, well, it's um, since this declaration of the Supreme Court just happened. Um, so a lot of people are getting their permits to have their, their grows at home, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen with public places. You know, we are thinking, and this is according to the proposed bill that's coming again, uh, for the recreational market, but they're saying that they will allow, you know, permits for bars or restaurants or public places. And they're going to be treating cannabis the same as tobacco, as cigarettes. So you need to get a permit to, for if I own a restaurant and I want to have, you know, my, my um, people that come to my restaurant to smoke, there's going to be a designated area 
for that, just like tobacco smokers. Uh -huh. So that's what they're planning to do. Right now, it's not clear. So we don't want to step into things that are still in this gray area. But for now, we can definitely um, grow our plants at home. And I see a lot of people, you know, applying for, it's not a permit, it's just um, um, a type of, uh, just uh, making them aware that you're going to be growing, right? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's just going to turn like Barcelona. I already see it. Like I already see people doing their, their cultivations together as an association and, you know, paying a fee, a monthly fee to get your plants. It's just starting, but I already see a few groups, you know, popping here and there in Mexico city. And I can't only imagine around the country. Um, at the end of the day, we are one of the largest, you know, cannabis growers uh, in, in the country. And definitely we have the opportunity to grow outdoors and have different, you know, I don't know, from three to four probably harvests per year, yeah. uh, which is amazing. And that's why we also push for regenerative agriculture. You were mentioning sustainability but sustainability doesn't apply on a land that's already completely contaminated and you cannot do nothing in there. So you have to re regenerate the land yeah. in order to sustain something healthy, right? So right now, Mexico, probably 40%, 50% of the land that's being um, uh, used for agricultural purposes, 40 to 50%, it's already contaminated we, full of fertilizers yeah. chemicals you cannot grow anything there anymore so this is an opportunity for us to implement programs with regenerative re, re, ugh, it's hard for me in english uh agricultura regenerativa in, in mexico because that means that we can just grow hemp in this contaminated uh soil regenerate the soil and then uh, work with uh, rotation uh, systems uh, in order also to protect the land, the soil, as you mentioned, the water, etc. So yeah, region agriculture is another subject that we can talk for hours and it's just becoming my passion, you know, to push for industrial hemp, the growth of cannabis through regenerative agricultural systems. Imagine how amazing it could be to have it under regulation. If you want to grow cannabis or hemp in Mexico, has to be through these type of systems. Then we make radical changes. Mm. Then we make the changes we want to see for our environment and for our own health, right? Otherwise, it's just going to take longer. But um, we're just trying. That's what, that's that's wonderful, and I salute you for that. And you know, this podcast is sponsored by BuildTheSoil.com. And they're one of the international organic yeah. soil amendment providers. Definitely check out buildthesoil.com if you want to learn or, or, or see what kind of products they have available. Um, anybody at home, they have amazing videos on YouTube as well and Instagram. Definitely check out Build the Soil. And, you know, we're all about um, regenerative um, agriculture and sustainable agriculture. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because there's so much farmland uh, that has just been depleted and so much land that's being grown on now, so much food that's being sent around the world now, you know, we had a, a wonderful guest on this show. Her name is Brigitte Mars. 
and she put she's written a lot of books and a lot of them on backyard medicine and food and basically saying hey we're using gasoline and oil to drive to cut down our lawn drive to the store and buy food that was grown in another country brought here with gasoline and oil packed in plastic to bring back to our house when we're getting rid of all the food in our backyard that's stronger than the food that was in that supermarket that's basically dead anyway because it's so old. And so we're literally subscribing to this system that's hurting us because we're not eating fresh food anymore. One of the beautiful things about Mexico for me is the fresh fruits and, and you know, that it, it's just so close to the source. And being here, you know, in America, we're getting food shipped from all over the place when we can, and there's literally amazing food right in the backyard and, and people are just ruining it or putting chemicals everywhere to grow a crop that is not usable, grass. And we can be growing so much food, we can be doing things a different way. And so if you can somehow get people to, to force them to do it, I'm not really about forcing people to do things, but at the same time, industries create regulations and at the same time if we're going to be forcing people to do something we might as well force them to do something that's amazing for everybody and that's grow organically not be able to use terrible chemicals that are poison us and our food and our families and our soils and our waters so thank you for having that you know uh drive if there's any way i can continue to support you or with build a soil however we can support mexico's determination and drive to be clean and 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 healthy we're here. Thank you so much. Yeah, we definitely need to grow the tribe, you know, the people that get it, they understand that are here uh, working, you know, in service of others. At the end of the day, that's what we came to do. When you're in service of others, that's, you know, all you need to be also happy to have abundance, you know, because at the end of the day, money is just part of the equation. Abundance is the result, you know, and to have that result, you need to have different parts in the equation. Money is one of them, but then where is health? You know, where is happiness? Where is love? And um, that's how, that's what it's bringing to my life. You know, working for this industry um, in trying to guide people and make them understand that yeah, it's people are making money, but it's not that easy. And the people that are making money, you see them thrive one two years, but then it's going down and we need to pay a lot of attention to that. Why are these companies, you know, failing after a few years when they, you know, one day were a public traded company making billions of dollars, but then now they disappear. And I think that the plan is very wise and it's just really trying to get to the place that she needs to be. And it's not on Wall Street. So um, that's why uh, a lot of people don't get it, you know, and the plan is just going to clear out those companies and people that are not working in her favor at the end of the day. So oh. uh, it, it's a reality. It's happening. You speak in my language. <laughs> yeah, well, very nice to meet you. And thank you so much for this space and the time. And definitely uh, if we're speaking the same language and people are resonating with the information we're sharing then you're part of this tribe, you know, we're part of, of this group that are trying to do good. And um, as you were mentioning, like at the end of the day, this is for humanity. It's not just because, you know, we're trying to save the world and we're hippies or whatever. It's a reality. We are on a red alert around the world. And if you're not seeing it, it's because you're definitely asleep or blind 
and it's time to wake up. You know, I just got off the phone with a woman earlier who was also on this podcast. Her name is Barbara Philippone, and she's into hemp textiles. And, you know, I'm sure that you two could have a lot to talk about and, and how to help Mexico's economy thrive and feed because there's a, there's a huge need for hemp oil and omega-3s and hemp seeds and, you know, the, the, the hemp textile industry um, and clothing and fiber is a big deal, but there's so many more aspects of cannabis that we can be working with and building nations, generational wealth and sustainable health. And so I look forward to having more conversations with you in this regard. And Lorena, how, how will people get in touch with you if they wanna learn more about Cannabis Salud or any, any kind of information that you want people to know? And also one more thing, if you can answer this as well, when you're walking around in your life, you're doing whatever you're doing and you know, you're deep in your passions and you're in your zone and you're like, man, if only, I wish people just knew this one thing, you know, this would be a great time to share that as well. Well, um, I have so many things. <laughs> it doesn't have to be one thing. You could just, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, first of all, people need to know that the cannabis plant has been prohibited for only a hundred years, which is not much. And um, and the reason why it was prohibited was not because of the psychoactive effects. It was for other political and economic reasons. And once we start understanding that the compounds of the cannabis plant are also molecules or compounds that we as humans produce naturally that are like almost identical and that we have an endocannabinoid system, all humans and mammals for these type of compounds to, um, to help with our cells with inflammation of cells, then we start connecting. You know, I think that's when when we start um, having common sense again, <laughs> because it seems that we lost it as humanity. We lost common sense, honestly. So, but so when you realize that cannabinoids are in the plant and cannabinoids are produced by humans, and that we need those cannabinoids for to help our cells it's not a coincidence, you know, our relationship to this plant, it's stronger and it's like so close that we can even imagine. So we really need to get this plant back in our lives, not just for recreational purposes. And I don't like to call it recreational, it's personal use because where do you put um, the use of cannabis for meditation and going to the gym? Is it for medical purposes? Is this for recreational purposes? It's personal. At the end of the day, you use it for whatever you want it to use it for. But I'm talking about uh, other uses, you know, the nutritional aspect. We are lacking a lot of nutrients for many reasons. And, and you mentioned a few of those. Imagine recovering those nutrients also through the plant, through the seeds. And not only that, replacing so many things that are damaging our health you know, industrial products like plastic, like painting in our rooms, like the furniture, like whatever we're breathing inside our homes, you know, and you can replace with industrial hemp products. 
is just you know common sense you know it's it's definitely something that we really need to analyze and think about and not just go out there judging without even knowing the real information so that's one of the things the other one is that this plan is definitely giving so much to people uh if you look at, at the medical properties it's just wow mind-blowing right so I'll just leave it with that and, and, and hopefully taking the opportunity to use this industry and the attention that it's getting and, and, and just aligning and taking that sources, if it's money, if it's attention, if it's whatever it is, to make sure that that goes into the right place, meaning that it's getting so much attention, okay, well, let's do it this way, but always benefiting people uh, around you and the environment. Well, salute. And yeah, my, my focus is to benefit people in terms of getting education out there and teaching people how to work with this plant so we can understand how it can benefit ourselves or perhaps how we can utilize it to help somebody else, a human or an animal. And so, you know, if there's any ways that we could ever work in that in that regard, um, I'm, 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 that's what I'm for is helping edu educate people, you know, because people have to learn, have the map to ourselves, you know, and that's right. just through sharing. And so thank you for doing what you do and everybody subscribe to the farms, not farms podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google podcasts, check out, uh, youtube.com slash for the video and also farms, farms.org for any archived episodes um, how do people find out about Cannabis Salute? Yeah, so um, you can find out on our social media, which is Instagram and Facebook as Cannabis Salute MX. Um, our website, CannabisSalute.com. And um, you can find me uh, on my public social media. It's open. Also Facebook and Instagram as Lorena Beltran. You'll find me there. And, you know, always here to answer any questions, to help as much as I can. You know, sometimes, sometimes people also get mad if, if, if I don't reply or, or I don't have the answers that they're looking for. And I think it's also the price you pay for becoming a public figure. But um, people need to understand that I'm not an expert and I'm still learning like everybody else. And I'll, I'll try to help as much as I can, but definitely be part, you know, of this drive, you know, the doors are always open to help and be in service. I'm glad you said being of service that I don't know if you saw it made me smile ear to ear. And, um, you know, I even told somebody earlier today that as I've given myself to creator and being of service, he's carried me and, 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 or, or creator has carried me, you know? And so in that way, I'm just really resonant with what you're saying and just, you know, if I could in, help inspire anybody through through my experiences, it's just by saying that, you know, the more I am of service to others, the more I find myself in better positions. And um, yep. so thank you. And as always, as we as we sign off on the uh, sharing the miracle of life with a deep breath on the count of three, one, two, three. Thank you so much for your time and your efforts and um, salute. Saludos, gracias. All right, love, be well. We're out there. 
Thank you for listening to the Farms Not Farms podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Healer. If you want to watch the full episode, plus behind-the-scenes footage, check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash burntmd. And subscribe to the Farms Not Farms podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, buildasoil.com, for all of your organic soil amendment needs. As always, be well.